I am Danika. And I am Myra. And this is the Black Women Healing Podcast. A space to discuss mental wellness. A space to dive into soul care and vulnerability. Here, we will support you on your journey as you focus on your healing. While also giving you the work along the way. Welcome to Black Women Healing Podcast. Would you like to make more money while making a difference? Have you been burned out for too long and want a lasting solution for overcoming your stress? Or maybe you want to have a better understanding of what's blocking you financially and how to break through. Or you like to add new healing techniques not only to your practice, but to your life. Want to make a name for yourself and have more than a cookie cutter practice every other doctor has? Well, you want to check out the Prosperity Club. Go ahead and click the link in our bio to learn more about it on our Instagram, and you can also find it in the show notes. Hey, y'all, we are back with another episode of Black Women Healing Podcast. And yeah, we're super excited for today. We have a special guest. Uh, but before we get started, you know, we like to do like a random topic or discussion together. Um, so, Marvie, you got anything on your mind? Anything? Yep, always do. <laughs> you want me to ask the question? Yeah, what you got? Okay, so if you could switch roles or switch places with somebody for a week, who would that person be and why? Don't think too hard. I know, you know, I always do. Um, (laughs) Switch roles with a person for a whole week? Yes, a whole week. I don't know. Um... I don't know, but life be hard. Uh, everybody, <laughs> everybody's life seems. I'm over, everybody's life seems hard to me. I'm over here thinking like, whose life is. It could even be a fictional character. A fictional character. Mm-hmm. Um. Girl, nobody. Uh, <laughs> you got, you got somebody that's on your mind? Cause I don't know. I mean, I thinking, I'm thinking like Oprah, and I'm still like, no, I don't I was thinking Oprah, Oprah too, but then I was like, nah, I don't want to be Oprah. Yeah, like, I don't. So who you got? I would want to be Maya Angelou in her, like, later years, just because I just wonder what it's like. Like, I'm just so curious, like, what it was like to come across these different people, what her thoughts were. I want to meet her son. Like, I'm just really curious. And today's her birthday. Happy birthday, Maya Angelou. Um... But yeah, I don't know. I'm just curious. But then also, I would love to be a character on a different world. Like maybe if I like have my own character, maybe it's like I was, I don't know who though, but I do want to see what that's like. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> you still haven't thought of anyone? I don't know. Can they? What about you? <laughs> oh my God. I so know who this would be. So any other week you would ask me that, I would say Julia Child because she just seems so carefree. She got to do what she loved to do. I love cooking. And even though that's not my profession, I just totally enjoy it. Um, I love France. Like, it's so many things about Julia Childs. And she was in a male-dominated industry, and she dominated it. So any other week, I would say Julia Childs. But because of what's been going on in the last week or two, I would say Jada Pinkett because I have – so much to say about what's been happening with her and because I am so confident no matter what's happening with me like I know how I would want to handle this situation now it's hindsight I'm looking into her life saying how I would handle it trust me I understand what I'm doing but I'm saying because I have the skills that she is lacking right now to handle this situation 
I feel like because it's my natural skill, man, I would navigate the hell out of this situation. Mm, I want to know. <laughs> so you got to tell us how you would do it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So first of all, the 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 focus has been on the men, right? It's been on Chris Rock and it's been on uh, Will Smith. It's been on Will Smith more so than anybody. And so the two points that I would make as Jada would be, one, let us not pretend like verbal abuse is not as bad as physical abuse because that is what they're doing right now. And because Will Smith put his hands on Chris Rock, they're making that bigger than the fact that Chris Rock is an abuser and he's playing the victim right now when the real victim is Jada. And we have totally forgot that. So I would have to stand up and say that with or without hair, it does not matter. You just insulted me. And you're not going to get on that stage and insult me in front of my man and think he's going to take that shit. Oh, I'm so sorry, y'all. <laughs> and then I'm going to tell them that my man watched his mother get abused. And he was not going to sit back. When he was eight years old or whatever old he was, when he was watching his mother get abused, he couldn't do anything about it. But now he is 58 or 48 or however old Will Smith is. And he can do something about it. So you're not going to come at his wife and he's just going to watch you do that. What he's going to do is protect me. And I am sorry you had to get smacked down. But I'm also sorry that you insulted me and you shouldn't have done that. And this is what happens when you abuse people. And now you need to go get some help from the trauma you endured when you were eight years old, Chris Rock, because you're hurting. And that's why you tried to hurt me. But you can't hurt me. Woo. Come yeah. on, Jason. For real. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, you just made a lot of great points. And I am wondering, because I'm pretty sure she will say something eventually. I'm wondering if she's going to try to use the Red Table Talk as a platform to do that. Is she saving up this momentum for that? Because that's usually what I feel like that she does when it comes to topics and stuff. But, yeah, you're right, though. I have not – you really have not heard anything about Jada. Or, like you say, even from her perspective, no one's really talking about it as much. So, Yep, exactly. And it saddens me because – Verbal abuse, I, as a therapist, I, I work with a lot of adopted children and verbal abuse is one of the biggest things that they deal with. They deal with it from people who, you know, the friends or just the, sometimes just the, the stares and even the questions that people ask them and the type of adopted children that I used to work with, they are adopted by parents that don't look like them. So they might be African-American and their parents white. They might be Hispanic and their parent is white, Chinese and their parent is white. That just so happened. We don't talk about this in a minute. What what was what um my I built my therapy practice on, and a lot of verbal abuse happens there. And then one of our co core values is we we have to serve, and so our cause where we put a lot of our energy and time is in um, therapy for uh, foster children and trauma, and so. Trauma, when it's physical abuse, it's so easy to spot. But when it is verbal abuse, it goes so ignored. Yes. Y'all hear our guests. So <laughs> I'm about to go ahead and get, and get to introducing you. As you can see, y'all, she already has a lot of beautiful insight and information. 
Um, so Kinney is a national certified counselor and the world's number one financial hypnotherapist. She's also the CEO of Presidential Lifestyle. Before starting Presidential Lifestyle, you may have seen Kinney on Oprah or ABC's Extreme Makeover Show. Since then, she's become a selling, a best-selling author and spoken on stages with Les Brown, JJ Virgin, Damon John, and other well-known speakers. A career entrepreneur with a passion for helping others and solving problems. Kanae is most known for creating a subscription-based mental health firm that has changed lives and provided careers to other therapists, hypnotherapists, and data scientists all over the world. Kanae pours herself into her business, her community, her family, but most importantly, into her own personal development. As a lifelong learner, she is always looking for an interesting book, documentary, retreat, or place to travel internationally. Kanae says her biggest accomplishment is not on her resume, as she's most proud of being an adoptive parent to twin daughters and a grandmother to two loving grandchildren. So welcome, Kanae. Um, and if you all don't know so far, we're going to be talking about financial hypnotherapy, and this is such an exciting topic. So let's go ahead and get started, get into this. So can you give us a breakdown of presidential lifestyle and how you brought it to fruition? Yes. So presidential lifestyle started before I was a therapist. I started it when I was a financial advisor with Morgan Stanley. I originally wrote a book called The Art of Starting Over, and it really was to complement my financial practice. I was a financial advisor doing financial plans and, you know, stock portfolios, and but there was something missing. I felt like people wanted more out of life than just money. So I started Presidential Lifestyle to help people kind of figure out what they wanted outside of money. But what I was finding inside presidential lifestyle, but also in my, my financial advising practice, was that there was trauma and anxiety and depression and all kinds of emotions associated with money that I was not equipped to help people with. And so after a while, I realized we all have an idea of prosperity that is past the dollar signs. And that was the part that I was helping people with. And then it kind of stopped there. So I made the shift to therapy in about 2014, uh, went back to school, got my master's in clinical mental health counseling, and decided I wanted to merge my background in financial you know, advising with my training as a therapist. And so I put the two together. And since I already had a company, I rolled it into finance, uh, to presidential lifestyle and started adding that to the, the lifestyle that I wanted to have. Now, when I first started my practice, I was an in, I was an intern, and so I worked in the mental institution. I worked in hospitals, and I mean the real diagnosis. And I realized, yeah, that's not what I want to do. It's a lot more fun teaching people to go after their idea of prosperity, and but that took some time. So I run this. I ran this practice, like I said earlier where I started attracting without any advertising, without doing anything, I started attracting parents 
who of adopted children. And so and I started working with the children. And although I was enjoying that as a practice, I knew that there was this other part of me burning. So I decided to make that our cause. Like this is what we do kind of pro bono or as our cause. But the work that I really want to do is with CEOs and their teams. And so I shifted the practice in about 2018 and started doing work in corporations. So I started working with mid-sized corporations, CEOs who have a certain type of heaviness on them. And that was that they wanted to make money and make a difference. They weren't just bottom line driven. However, the bottom line is important and they wanted some synergy amongst their teams. They wanted to bring well-being into their companies, but they just didn't know how to do it because them, them, they themselves were overwhelmed and burned out. And it was just eluding them how to help themselves and their teams. So that's when I started my, I kind of created my own healing modality, which is a mix of existential talk therapy, hypnotherapy, and financial therapy. And it's called Tame Your Brain Therapy. And it works in three areas. And that is change management, performance enhancing, and thriving in life. So that's what we bring to our clients, whether it's the CEO or everybody on the team. So that's kind of how presidential lifestyle kind of evolved into what it is now. And now we train therapists in the healing modality that I created. Some of those therapists come on and help us serve those companies and other therapists just learn it and then they decide to do what they want to do with it in their practice. Wow, that's so dope. <laughs> wow. I'm amazed. You know, I found it, y'all, <laughs> of our own modality. That is dope. Wow. Um, so can you tell us what is financial therapy and why do you feel we typically don't hear about this form of therapy? Mm, yeah. So financial therapy is about reconciling your emotions around money and really getting to the bottom of your subconscious beliefs around money. Now, what a lot of people don't know is that we, the way we do money, and I'm doing quotes, the way we do money is to get love and acceptance. Now, some people use money to get love and acceptance by having a lot of it, right? I'm really good at earning money. I got a lot of money. You got to love me because I'm rich. Some people were like, well, you're going to love me because I'm just doing good in this world and money doesn't matter. You probably heard people say a million times, I'm not money motivated. It's not about the money. And then there's other people who are like, oh, money is about having fun. And so in our healing modality, what I learned is that there's a money cycle. And that money cycle is earn, grow, protect, gift, and enjoy your money. Now, that's something that just came to me by doing some research. Like I said, we have data scientists on our team. So doing the research and asking certain questions, I learned that there are five areas that we're all good at, some better than others. Some people have challenges in one area two areas. Some people have strengths in one or two areas. And the reasons why we're not talking about financial hypnotherapy, one, there are not that many financial hypnotherapists in the world. And two, there are not even that many financial therapists in the world. And three, because people want to pretend like money is, we don't need to talk about it. We do need to talk about it. Money is a conversation. Money is a negotiation. Money is energy. And so if we're not talking about it, what we're doing is suppressing it. And so that's the real answer to that question. Why we're not talking about it is because we're suppressing it because society has told us that it's not proper to talk about money. And it 
it's not, it's, there's nothing wrong with talking about money. There's nothing wrong with talking about love. There's nothing wrong with talking about health. You know, no subject is off the table. We can talk about these things. We just have to be comfortable and, with the conversation that we are having and know that we're still learning. It's just that we get so afraid that then we'll be judged. And so we're like, well, let's not talk about it because I'm not even doing my own work. So, or I don't have the same money that I think this person has. And society tells us that having a lot of money is makes you somebody, right? Now you all of a sudden somebody, everybody listens to you because you have money. You have no money, nobody listens to you. You get money, all of a sudden you're an expert. Yes. Yeah, no, I think that does make a lot of sense in the sense of like why we don't really hear about it. Um, mm-hmm. I think just something me, I mean, me being a therapist, I don't even hear about financial therapy. I actually had never heard of financial hypnotherapy. And so is there a difference between the, the financial therapist and the financial hypnotherapist? Is that different? It is. It is. And most financial therapists probably won't be able to articulate the difference, but the difference between financial therapy and financial hypnotherapy is that financial hypnotherapy, and especially in the way that we teach it, is going to your subconscious brain. Financial therapy is conscious brain, and most talk therapy is conscious brain. So in financial therapy, like most talk therapy healing modalities, it's a lot of talking. A lot of it has to do with you having to have insight. But in financial hypnotherapy or in hypnotherapy period, you don't have to have insight. Insight is not required for healing. You absolutely don't even have to know where it came from in order to heal it. All you have to know is what you're feeling and what you want to feel. And then move from, which is the hypnotherapy part, from where you are to where you want to be with using hypnotherapy. And once you do that, because the brain does not know the difference between what you imagine and what is real life, in hypnotherapy, I can have you replay or play what you want. And because your brain doesn't know the difference, it will recode. And now you have a whole new lifestyle, a whole, like the triggers that you used to have, you no longer have. The blocks that you used to have, you no longer have. They're cleared because you can just clear it with your subconscious brain and I wanted to point out one thing that you said why are we not talking about financial hypnotherapy is because a lot of therapists aren't doing their work around the finances and so if they're not comfortable with their own financial lives they're not going to be comfortable talking to their clients about finances yeah a really good point I have a question so you know how as a therapist you typically have to work with someone who you're licensed in the state that they're residing in is that the same for a financial hypnotherapist too or can you work with anyone right so as you were saying as a therapist generally therapists are licensed in their state and Mm -hmm. that is a limitation if you want to have a like company like ours, which is a global company. So for me and a lot of the therapists that we hire, we hire national certified counselors or we hire master's level um, therapists who are not state licensed because if you're state licensed, mm. you are limited to working with the people in your state and the people that we work with are all over, not only all over the country, but all over the world. Right. So in this case, if you are LPC or, you know, state licensed, you can work and you can do 
financial hypnotherapy you would just do it in your in your own state and so but it's it's not mandated statewide the way that it's mandated is the same way if you were um, a massage therapist you know you can move from state to state if you wanted to you know the same way if you were a coach except there is actual teaching it's not hypnotherapy you actually have to go to a class to learn hypnotherapy most hypnotherapists are trained in subconscious beliefs. Now there is also heart, so heart-based hypnotherapy, but the most powerful hypnotherapy is brain-based hypnotherapy. And there are some schools that are nine months, you know, long, where there's a long program for you to become a hypnotherapist. Not all of them are like that, but you really do need to be trained as a therapist. It's not something you can wake up one morning and just decide to add to your practice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, have you noticed any common struggles among like black women that you work with in particular? Um, okay, so I think it's important to note that I'm a black woman, but my actual target market and the people that I work with the most are white males right around the age of 35 mm. to 55. Mm -hmm. And they typically are coming to me because of an existential crisis or like um, if you're familiar with Carnegie or Carnegie, he had this life crisis where he was well-known in business, but ruthless businessman. And then one day he decided he no longer wanted to be this ruthless businessman. He wanted to be known as um, a philanthropist. Now, that's typically who I work with. And I'm, I'm going to tell you something about that population in a second, because, but I want to answer your question, which is when I work with Black women, some of the common things that I see are some of what you talked about. I think you had an episode like in March where there was a woman on and she talked about the emotional tax or something like that and so that's some of the some some of what she talked about is what I see in black women but one of the things that is absolutely the most common is that black women work incredibly hard to get where they are and so when they do that they have a very hard time lowering their guard to even receive this healing and like when I want to pour into black women sometimes I'm pouring onto concrete. I can't even get this into them because they have this hard shell. So I have to first get that trust. Now I am honored because I'm the type of person that people naturally trust. And that's just a blessing that I'm just very thankful for having. But the hardest people to get that trust from is black women. So my first barrier to entry into their subconscious brain is for them to say, wait a minute, if I put my guard down and this crap don't work, who is going to put this guard back up for me, lady? <laughs> so <laughs> the biggest challenge is just getting through the resistance. Now, luckily, because people typically trust me and because Tanya Brain Therapy naturally moves through resistance, it doesn't last very long, but it's still there and it's still something that I have to address. Now, let's get past that. One of the challenges that Black women have is that we were groomed and taught by society, our parents, you know, our communities, that we have to do it alone. You got to be strong, right? There was a song Beyonce had, I can be my own best friend or something like that. What? That is the saddest song ever. You cannot be your own best friend. Stop listening to that kind of stuff. There's another song. It's like um, independent, you know, like 
I forget the song. I think it's like Neo or something. You know, he's like, you know, talking about an independent woman. Men do not want an independent woman. They want a responsible woman, but they don't want an independent woman. So if you end up being independent, just by nature and definition of that word, you're alone, but you don't have to do it alone. But that is something that we are taught. And so our societal programming makes us believe that we have to know everything, that we have to do everything ourselves, that we have to be the smartest person in the room and we cannot let our guards down. Well, that is a money block because that is a lack mentality. And the lack mentality is very, here's a couple of lack mentality things that emotions that you can Think about that um, either or thinking, like either I'm going to do good or I'm going to make money. Well, when you think about Black women, it's something you talked about in that episode was that Black women have to believe that they might be a single mom. And so they they take these jobs. They it's, it's, This is as good as it gets. I got to stay here. I got to take what I can get. You know, that settle mentality. That's a lack mentality settling. And, and then there's the, the guilt, right? Well, if I get this, then somebody else doesn't have. And then we have to take care of our families if we if we end up being the most successful person in our circle. Now everybody's coming at us. Can I borrow? Can I have? Let me this, blah, blah, blah. They're not paying that back. So now you just gave away all this money and you have nothing to show for it. But you feel like you have to do it. You feel guilty, that whole survival, survivor's remorse. And you don't know how to say no. So you don't know how to set boundaries because you won't be liked or accepted or loved. And so you say yes, 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 plus you just have a kind heart and you want to do good in this world. And you think that doing good means taking care of everybody because that's what you were taught. Society told you it's better to give than to receive. So you do that and you find out now I'm burnt out. I have not, not enough and I don't even know how to spring back from this and I'm alone. Good point. <laughs> good point. Donika, you look speechless. What are you thinking? No, I mean, just just the, the fact, I mean, the first piece of just, like, Black women having this, that that the guard up all the time. Mm-hmm. And so in some ways, it, it, have, it protects us, right? So yep. it's like that piece of, like, like you just said, if I do let it down, who's going to help me put it back up? Especially yeah. if I'm this independent woman. Like, yeah. nobody's even here to help me put it back up. So it's like... Yeah. I get both sides of it, um, but I can see how, I mean, me personally, I've never even met, uh, I've never even met a person who's been the financial hypnotherapist, (laughs) get along a black woman, you know, so Mm -hmm. I can only imagine how that is translating in these sessions with you, like what's happening there, but I mean, it sounds like at this point, like you, you know, some things about how to, like you said, get through, and I mean, I just think, I mean, it's amazing work that you're doing. Thank you. It's making me think about how it's passed down through generations. I'm thinking about some of my friends and them seeing their moms being single moms and then them not even being moms, but trying to figure out how to navigate the world. And I had one friend in particular, she didn't know how to have conversations around finances, but she wasn't sure if she was being paid what she should have been being paid. Mm. And so she accidentally said beyond what she was being paid. I don't know how she did this. And I was like, hey, I know you don't feel comfortable talking about money, but just to let you know, you're not being paid very well. She had no idea. She thought she was being paid great. And I was like, if you really calculate things out, 
you wouldn't be able to survive if you didn't have additional help, if you didn't have a roommate. So you got to have these conversations. And she broke down and ended up saying, like, with seeing my mom and how she was, she never talked about money and she was working all these crazy jobs, never home. I thought that was normal and I needed to do the same thing. So I think it's just, we got to have these conversations. Like, it's so important. Yes. And, and and kudos to you for having those conversations, because like I said, society tells us that we're not supposed to talk about money and we think we're going to be judged when we talk about money or we think we're going to get that resistance because one and this happens more so for black men where it's like, well, that's his thing. Like, that's his problem. I want to get in his business. Kind of like that. Black women will kind of get in each other's business. But sometimes when it comes to money, we don't even know where to start that conversation. And what I find is, and this was, um, like, I have friends that have jobs. I would never give up my business to have a job. Like, the amount of money they would have to pay me, the amount of benefits or whatever they would have to give me, they would just be like, woman, you crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I have friends who would never be a business owner. They are just like, you You are crazy for having a business. So sometimes we're not even able to have conversations because we just don't understand each other. So, and I can have a conversation about how to negotiate your salary, even though I've never negotiated my salary. I, like I said in my bio, I am a career entrepreneur. Since right out of college, I own my own business. My sister owned her own business. My parents had jobs when I was younger, but then they both started businesses. So it, it's very clear to me that survival is about owning. And, and, and that I'm saying that's part of my program. Like I was programmed to be an entrepreneur, but many of us are programmed to have a job and get, and then not even know what that job is supposed to provide us because we're supposed to take what we can get and just be thankful that we even got hired because we shouldn't even be there, especially as you start to climb. And then one thing that I noticed too is we don't share the secrets of success. Well, let me tell you how I got here. Now, when I was at Morgan Stanley, there was a lady named Carla Harris and she was very instrumental in making sure she passed down to the Black women there how she got there. This is what I did. This is what I didn't do, most importantly. This is what I did that was a little short on dignity. I didn't feel so good about doing it, but I did it long enough to get where I needed to get. Here's part of the game you want to know. Here's the part of the game you want to beat them at. Here's the part of the game you're never going to beat them at, so stop trying. Here's the part, you know, like she did that for me. And then, but I didn't even really need that because after a while, I realized my own skill, which is the last thing I want to say about Black women and money, we have to be able to point out in each other like you did with your friend, this is what you or this is what you should be asking for. This is what that job requires, or this is what pricing is for that particular product or service that you're giving. Just know that. Now, whether I have the courage to ask for it or not, but at least I know because a lot of times it's not about self-worth. People are going around, you hear all these uh, Instagram posts about know your self-worth and charge this and charge that. You can't 
freaking charge what you're worth. You're worth way more money than anybody can pay you. So it's not about charging what you're worth. It's about charging the transformation or the value that you add to that company or to that person's life. It's not about worth. You are worth way more than any, you're priceless. So don't worry about charging what you're worth. You can't even do it. But charge what you're willing to give for that particular product or service that you are putting your name behind. Yes, that is so key. So so that's my my experience around working with Black women. Like I said before, my target market that I spend the most time with, which let me give you these numbers. So about 60% of our clients, especially on the corporate side, are male, white males. Um, then of that 40% that are women, the majority of those are white women and then other women of color. Of those women of color, lately, just lately in the last, I would say year, I've gotten three Black female clients. So in all of the clients I have in all the years of doing this, I've worked with three Black female clients. Now, I wanted to give you the, those numbers so that you understand that we aren't even seeking this out. So part of the challenge is that one, we don't know it exists, right? You talked about that. Once we find out it exists, we are like, mm -mm, nope, because uh, I'm just going to talk to my mom. She should know. If your mama don't know, then you're like, well, I'm just going to talk to my friends or I'm just going to read a book about it. But I'm not going to talk to nobody about this. And maybe God will help me. You know, I'm just going to pray, pastor, something. But I'm not, this, she can't help me. It's almost unbelievable to a Black woman that this work will help them get past their money blocks because of what my your friend said I just thought this was the way it was this is I thought this is the way it is mm -hmm. yeah it's programming is we are so deeply programmed and my, my work is what I find is my work is to get the word out there. So that's why I do podcast interviews. That's why I was so encouraged to meet you ladies, because I'm like, okay, now I get to talk to more people about this, not just, you know, white males who are hungry for change. They're like, oh, is this something I need to do to get to the top of my mental health and money game? Okay. Tell me, I'll take it from anybody, even a black woman, what she got to say. <laughs> But we get kind of stuck. So when I get a chance to come on here and say, hey, ladies, like, don't get stuck. You As much money as you spend on hair, as much money as you spend on lashes, much money as you spend on all those external things, and you're not going to spend money on yourself internally. No, I'm not going to let you get away with that because I love you too much. And yeah, you're beautiful on the outside, but let's get some things going on the inside so that your beauty radiates. You don't need hair. You don't need all of that. You can get it. You can have it. I'm just saying you won't need it because the beauty will exude from you. The confidence will exude from you. And when you have money, some amount of money, it just make you just a little bit cuter. I'm just saying. <laughs> so keep that in mind. It's just a smile on your face. When you have freedom, it's just a lightness. And lightness is beautiful. It's feminine. But when you're heavy and bogged down with stress, and let me show you, tell you where money 
challenges show up the most in your shoulders because the weight of the world is on your shoulders and in your back, the fear when you're thinking lack, when you have that pain in your back, upper and your lower, sometimes in between those little, I don't even know the name of the bones, but it's right there in between. And you know what I'm talking about. Some of you are like, oh yeah, that's what that pain is. That's money stress. That's lack mentality. That's thinking that is either or thinking. And then the last place that I find it heavily in black women is in the stomach. You have a lot of stomach aches, digestive problems because you're afraid you don't have enough. It's just not enough. It's not enough, but it is enough. It's more than enough out there. The only reason you don't have it is because there's a block and that guard is the block. And that stomach pain you feel is because you're not following your gut. And sure, you might be wanting to leave that job And I'm not telling you to leave your job. I'm telling you to leave the stress of the job. Fire that stress. And you can do that with therapy, with hypnotherapy, with any program. And it means starting somewhere. And what I think is a a challenge for us a lot of times is that it's confusing. We don't know where to start. There's a lot of stuff out here. And a lot of this stuff is BS. And I am, um, what is it, like an evangelist. For, for pointing out BS. All of these coaching things out here that's like, oh, just do this. You can make it in 12, 12 weeks. You'll be, blah, blah, blah. oh, you can make a million dollars in 17 days. It's like, shut up. You're lying. And you didn't even do that. You probably still don't even have a million dollars, let alone telling somebody they can do, you're going to show them how to do it. And you're trying to make money by telling me how to make money, but you're not doing anything to make money. I don't think that makes sense but you can make it make sense because marketing is good. And we black people, we love some marketing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I'm loving this conversation. And like right now, I mean, me as a therapist, like, as you said, like the reason why black women don't go, uh, I thought like just being scared, you know, like it's scary, just like this different modality of any, like you said, we're barely even talking about it. And then you want to bring like hypnotherapy into it. It's like, <laughs> oh, whoa, you know, like it's, it can be scary. And so even just, I mean, this question is a little bit more, it's a little geared to another way, but it's talking about as therapists. So mm-hmm. we know you specialize in working with therapists too. So what are mm-hmm. some financial blocks that you have seen that therapists in particular struggle with? Yep. Yeah. So therapists, the biggest blocks that I see in therapists associated with money are not charging enough. That's first, right? Whether they are, they have a job and okay, wait, first, some therapists get stuck. Like, you know, as a therapist, you graduate with a bachelor's, what you going to do with that? It's not a lot of jobs out there. And if you do find a job, it's laying like $40,000 a year. So we get stuck in that bachelor's level therapy or social work level. And then we have to only work in community organizations. So that's one challenge, which then makes us burn out because we love so much. And we're so, you know, we have a heart to serve. We want to do all of this, but we're making $40,000 a year. You barely eaten and this inflation and gas prices and everything's going up, but your salary. And so that is first, like just not charging enough or not getting jobs that pay us enough. So then it makes us work harder because we were told programming says you work hard for money, but how many hardworking broke people do you know? Many, plenty, 
Yeah. And so, so that's one. And then getting distracted by all the different specialties or things that you can do. Like, oh my gosh, it's so many titles and letters. And, and if on psychology today, where they ask you like, what do you specialize in? And there's like 200 different things you can specialize in. And then therapists pick like 70 of them. Wait, wait, wait. Did you hear the word specialize? <laughs> you can't specialize in 70 things. <laughs> Two, three tops. Come on, lady. <laughs> so just, just wanting to do too much and be too much. And it's like thinking that all those letters and certifications are going to make you more than who you are. You are I already told you, you are enough. You have all enoughness right inside of you. And all you have to do is be completely that. But you're so focused on the external letters and stuff that you can't be all the way 100% you. My boyfriend calls it, all the way can like he's just like when you are all the way can like right now like today you're getting all the way can like no filter no no you getting 100 of me and when you are all the way can like you shine like nothing gets in your way and and i it is a blessing to be able to do that but i created my life like that so back in 2010 i started saying i get paid for being me my life is very easy I get paid for being me. As soon as I woke up in the morning, that's the first thing that came to my mind. I get paid for being me. My life is very easy. As I was going to sleep at night, I get paid for being me. My life is very easy. I wasn't focused on no strategy. No, I didn't know how I was going to do it. It was just saying those words because that's what I wanted. And the feeling that goes along with getting paid for being me, I already knew it was going to feel good. So I was feeling that feeling. And then now that I have it, whew, it is so awesome. So all of those specialties that you're trying to have, you can't have 70 specialties. That's a, that's burnout recipe for disaster. So um, another one is comparing, right? We look at our colleague and we're like, oh, well, she has a big office. Maybe I should get a big office too. Wait, hold on. Are you even there yet? Like how many clients do you have? I went virtual in 2018 before the pandemic ever happened. And therapists told me they weren't going to refer people to me. I was like, all right, that's cool. Don't worry about it. I'll figure it out. So, but what if I would have said, well, if these people are not going to refer people to me, then let me just keep my office and stay, you know, brick and mortar. No, I'm going, I knew I wanted a subscription-based business and I knew I wanted a virtual business. And when I put those two things in place, that got me closer to making my life very easy. And it got me closer to having the type of therapy practice that I wanted to have. You don't have to compare yourself to others. So there's another reason why we get burnout because we're trying to be somebody we're not. We're trying to live up to somebody else's idea of prosperity. And then we believe that people can't pay yeah, I don't know if you ever say this, like somebody says, well, how much is a session? Or if you know other therapists that do this and you're like, um, and you're saying, um, because you're like, how much do I think they could pay? Because first of all, your code of ethics says you have to treat people the same. So how are you deciding based on who they are, what they can pay? And I tell this story sometimes because I teach a continuing education class for therapists. And in one of those classes, this lady tells a story about how she gave a lady a discount because of the way the lady was dressed and she gave a sliding scale. And she said, well, let's just do 75 um, a session and then you know see how it goes just because she wanted a client and she wanted this lady to start. Well, she never went outside and saw this lady's car, but the lady was driving. No, no, she was already um, paying, this lady was paying 
$175 a session, but then months into it, the lady buys a new car and she comes and talks about it. I just bought a new car. I'm just so excited about it. I'm feeling so good. Oh, what kind of car did you get? A Mercedes. She's like, I can't afford a Mercedes <laughs> and I gave you a slide of scale. Wait, 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 we need to talk. So now she's impaired because all she can think about is the fact that this lady can afford more than this $75 an hour. And she knows that she needs to get paid more, but it's too late. She already quoted her, hmm. but she yeah. did it off of judgment rather than a, a sound business decision. Mm. Out of fear. I just want a client. I just want a client. Mm-hmm. That lack mentality. Mm-hmm. And then you know, you know how to ask for help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You said, and I want to steal this quote if I can steal it. I get paid for being me. My life is very easy. And from that, I want to ask you, what are some questions you can, for the folks that are listening, what are some questions you can ask yourself so that you get an alignment with this quote? I don't know if you have an answer for that, but I, I want it for myself. What are some questions I could ask myself to get in alignment with that quote? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So girl, you're right there. Like, mm, I feel you. So breathe. First of all, like when you say that sentence, you're not going to believe it right away. So there's going to be some anxiety, some, you know, some I call it ickiness. There's going to be some ickiness inside of you. You're going to be like, ew, that don't feel good. I can't say that. That don't make sense. You're going to talk that other, that other small voice inside your head is going to come out. And so I just want you to ask, how do I want to show up in the world? So you may say, so my words are generous, tenacious, creative. I just want you to think of words because the subconscious brain works better with just single words than it does with sentences or Mm. paragraphs. So if you just think of the words, how do I want to show up in the world? I want to be generous. I want to be creative. I want to be tenacious. That's Kene. That's who I am. Ask anybody they like, oh yeah, you tell, she see opportunity, she's going after it. Ain't nobody getting in her way. She is tenacious, right? She's creative. You come up with an idea, she's going to tell you exactly how to do it step-by-step. She can create anything. And so generous, I'm in generous with my time, my energy, my money, like you, my myself, I'm just a generous person. And if you know me, you know those things. And so you got to first ask your question yourself, how do I want to show up in the world? Now, here is the second question. Don't ask this right away though. First, just get really really clear on how you want to show up in the world. And then you got to ask, what would it take? What would it take for me to show up generous? Okay. A certain amount of money. Yeah. Okay. What would it take for me to show up tenacious? Oh, I got to have my confidence. I got to know I'm capable. Mm -hmm. What it would take for me to be the creative. Okay. So I have to have peace in my life because I don't want to be stressed out. You can't be creative when, you know, so you think of these things, what that's what it would take. Okay. So here's the third question. What's in the way of me being peaceful, of me be, of me having the right amount of money? What's in the way of me being confident? Ah, well, and then you start answering those questions. Once you start thinking about what's in the way, then that's the work that you do. Get that stress out of your life. Get that person who's beating you down, that verbal abuser that's beating you down and taking, chipping away at your confidence. Once you go where you need to go in order to clear that stuff, therapy, or even if it's a dance class, that's going to give you some confidence, you know? So that's, that's, those are the three questions. 
Yes. Thank you for that. Thank you for being me. My life is very easy. That is a whole word. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, This last question, I mean, which is, I mean, you kind of are explaining the ways of how how it's impacted your life, but how has financial hypnotherapy impacted your life personally? Yeah. So financial hypnotherapy has made such an incredible impact on my life in so many ways. And I'm going to, I've said a lot of them, but I'm going to, you know, condense it into this question. So I was able to shift my own lack thinking. Now I grew up in a church that taught metaphysics and metaphysics is where, you know, like, like manifestation and, you know, crystals and that kind of thing where you, where you, the law of attraction, all of that is metaphysics. So I grew up in a church that taught metaphysics. So growing up, I knew all of these things, but somewhere in my life, I got away from them. And when I got introduced to financial hypnotherapy, that's when I realized, oh crap, (laughs) this is all the stuff I was taught already. So it brought back the memories that were already inside of me. And it helped me clear that um, lack thinking, that either or, the greed, the, the guilt, all of that stuff. So that was first. It allowed me to do my own work. And let's be clear, the reason why you don't hear about financial hypnotherapy is because financial therapy is a thing. Hypnotherapy is a thing. I put them together. So I created financial hypnotherapy. So the way that impacted my life the most is for me to even be able to see that it was a thing that I can blend these two things together and heal people. And when I talk about healing people, I just got a text message today from somebody who didn't even have a business six months ago and just told me over the time that we've been working together. In fact, we only been working together four months, but six months ago is when we started talking. Four months ago, we started working together. He just got his first client, first client, $6,000 for a four hour workshop. And I was like, yes, this is why I do this work. Because other than that, he's, he had no idea what to charge. He had no idea what to charge. He was like, I don't even know what to charge for this. Like, is this a $1,000 thing? Is this a $2,500 thing? Is this? So he quoted $6,000. And then also, his wife is also um, a client of mine. Same thing. She quoted extremely low. She could have gotten four times what she quoted we had a, a conversation we we figured out how she could go back and and renegotiate what to, the low price that she had given them to get what she needed to get end up getting twenty five thousand dollars for a three-month contract even though she had only charged them like six thousand dollars originally wow. so it's like those kinds of things it's impacted my life because i get to change people's lives and make money doing it like who, when I used to believe that I had to choose between making money or making a difference, I used to choose to feel like I had to choose between making money and doing what I loved or being myself. I don't have to choose that anymore. I make an impact and I make money. And that is like, just, it is nothing like it. It really isn't. It's nothing like it. Yes, absolutely. So I mean, I know we talked about a lot of different things today. Um, and like, I mean, is there anything that you just want to say to the audience? We usually do takeaways. It could be something that you want us to remember or just anything that's on your mind right now. Yes. So 
I know that this is going to air later than what we we're talking about right now, but April is financial awareness month and May is mental health awareness month. And I love that those two come together because it allows me 60 days to do a lot of pouring in to people for free, because I know that most people are not aware. And so if we're going to celebrate the month, we need to do it by gifting. People like you and I, we need to do it by gifting. And so in February and May, I do a lot of work with therapists where I am pouring into therapists, because if you're going to serve, then you need somebody to serve you, because you can't go out there empty. You can't go out there empty. And so I'm really full because I do my own work and I am constantly full. So, and, and I'm giving from my saucer now, like I'm running over with enough to give. So in April and May, I usually pour into therapists and just give that stuff away for, get a lot away for free. Now I say I work with therapists because I want therapists to have the support they need. But if you're not a therapist and you just want some support, you can come too. But just know that my target market and who I'm really pouring into is therapists. So if I say therapist 17 times, you can't get mad at me because you're not a therapist because you knew you jumped into a group for therapists. But just come there, get it, <laughs> and take what you need. And then maybe somewhere in the group, you find a therapist that you can connect with. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> But let's say takeaways. Takeaways, one, I would say what I said to Myra. Ask yourself those three questions. Don't just leave that for Myra to think about. You think about that too. And maybe you don't want to get paid for being you yet. But I guarantee you, the moment you get to be yourself and you see how good that feels, you're going to be like, oh yeah, I want some more of that. Give me some more of that. So I want you to start thinking about when are you most yourself? Who are you with? What are you doing? And who are you when you're not yourself? Are you stressed? Are you greedy? Are you, you know, pleasing? And I call that your authentic self and your imposter self. And I do a pop-up, um, free pop-up hypnotherapy session, a tame your brain session at least once a month. And I teach this thing called the aim hit formula. And so you don't have to write this down. I just want you to listen and then come back and listen to this again. And you can take notes or you guys can put it into the show notes. But the A stands for your authentic self and the I stands for your imposter self. And I want you to measure the difference between those two. How far is the authentic self away from the imposter self? And then who, like I said, are you your authentic self with and who are you your imposter self with? Now, once you do that, the next part of this is looking at the habit. When you go into imposter, what is the habit? Maybe you isolate yourself. Maybe you get short and snappy at people. You know, maybe you, you put on a bunch of makeup and hair and do whatever you knew, need to, whatever you do, what's your habit? And then what is that feeling that you feel? when you have that habit. Now then that's that I is, that next I is, what is the intention you wanna set? How do you really want to feel? You probably don't wanna feel the way you feel when that habit sets in, that triggers you. You don't wanna feel that way. So what's the intention for how you want to feel? And then the T is the target. So now going back, my target was I get paid for being me. My life is very easy. So you set your target. So me, Myra, Donica, we're going to be getting paid for being us. Like you figure out what you're going to do with your life. 
because that's what we do with our life. <laughs> yes, I love that. I yeah. saw you were on Insight Timer and I'm wondering, because I'm I want to purchase a subscription. I'm wondering in alignment with this conversation, if you could think off the top of your head, what are one of the maybe audios that someone should listen to that's in alignment with this conversation if they are also mm-hmm. utilizing Insight Timer? If you're off the top of the head, I already have one in mind that I'm thinking that might be in alignment. I know. Shoot. Um, let's see. So I should tell you that insight I'm on insight timer, but I have not been posting on insight timer lately. Sorry. Um, what, is, what is insight timer? I don't know. Insight timer. Oh, that's a great question. So insight timer is a meditation app mm-hmm. and they hire people like me to come in and put up uh, free material. Now I did have a paid course in there. I don't think it's still up because it was two years ago, but um, the, the, that is called control the controllable. And you can get that from me now control the controllable. Cause I don't think it's in, insight timer anymore, but the free stuff in insight timer, the one that has the highest views and the highest ratings is called healing emotional pain. Now it's not necessarily about money, But let me tell you, I already told you that most of the pains you feel in your body are coming from something mental and money is the number one cause of stress, whether you have it or not. So if you think about it that way, it's likely that a lot of your stress is money related. So if you think about healing that emotional pain that's in your body that's causing you to be alone and be that independent woman, then if you could just heal that that would naturally heal some of your money stress. Now you still have work to do. It's not a one and done, wave your magic wand. If that was the case, then I'd be standing on the corner collecting dollars, but that is not the case. It's usually years of work to do. But in short, I want you to know that when people take the control, the controllable course inside inside timer, it's 10 steps, 10 days and have 3000 people have taken it and have miraculous life changes in 10 days. And then the person that I just told you I was working with four months, I have some people who two months, they've had biggest, big changes. That same person that I told you got his first client and he also had a job. So he has a job and then he has a, a side business. He made the most money in this first quarter of the year than he made all last year. In one quarter, he's made that much more money. And we don't even talk about money that much in our sessions. I would say 20, 20% of our conversations are about money. I'm healing your trauma. I'm healing your negative thinking. I'm healing your past old beliefs, your patterns, your habits. But the, the thing, then that's why I said, if you're going to use Insight Timer, then you need to at least start with healing emotional pain. Now there's two versions. There's a short version and a long version. And I did that because a lot of times we resist it. So start with the short version if it's too much for you and then move on to the long version. I know you, I get you. It's okay. No judgment. That's why I made two of them. Yes. Thank you. I was reading the reviews for control the controllable. (laughs) Y'all these reviews are crazy people are talking about how their life instantly changed I can't praise this enough this is probably the best course I've came across and there's tons of reviews so I'm definitely I'm hopping on this so I suggest y'all do too oh that's so good that it's still available I didn't know if it was okay great to hear great to know yes 
So as we wrap up, we want to thank you for joining us today. And this was a great episode. I already know. You are gonna so love this. this is good. I'm so, I'm so honored to meet you guys. I'm so glad you reached out to me. When I saw who you were, I was like, yes, yay. <laughs> I must be doing something right. I attracted these two amazing women. So <laughs> yes. yes, it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. I thought so we were just talking about money and I want to share a resource if you live in the LA area there is a program called um, breathe LA and they're offering you have to meet a certain income but they're offering a thousand dollars a month to different families you just have to complete this application and I think you know living in LA things are going up so this is a great opportunity for folks um, especially if you're struggling they got you so that's definitely something to check out so that'll be in the show notes Donika what you got um, I would say that, I mean, I, I mean, I feel like we've talked about this in other episodes, but if you're not quite ready to go to a financial therapist, look in your local areas for financial book clubs or meetups or anything, like mm-hmm. just start talking about it. Like we mm-hmm. got to start somewhere like right now, just this whole episode is just like, it makes, I don't know about y'all, but it makes me want to level up. I'm ready to level up. <laughs> That's the Kinea effect. Kinea <laughs> effect. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Yeah. I'm really excited for um, checking her out some more. I'm definitely going to sign up for some of her classes and I'll keep y'all posted on how it goes. But after reading the reviews, yep. I would be dumb to not sign up. <laughs> so not for sure. For she just she just pretty much said, hey, she's giving free resources for the next couple of months. So mm-hmm. I know I'm gonna jump on it. Hope to see some of y'all there. Yeah, for sure. That's it for this week's episode of Black Women Healing Podcast. So y'all, we have to shout out our friends over at Fiverr. We are officially a Fiverr affiliate and I love Fiverr because you can literally go to them for any type of project you might want to work on, whether it be if you need a new logo, you need help with the resume, you need help with social media, they help you over there. So go ahead and check out our friends over at Fiverr. That's five E-R-R. So five with two R's at the end. So go ahead and check them out with the link in our bio and tell them that we sent you.